0: What's up, guys? My name is Jonah Stairs. My name is Micah Mosley, and this is the Bringing It Back podcast. We are so excited that you have taken the time to tune in today. Our heart is that you guys will be able to figure out how to
1: navigate life well with a biblical foundation. We want to keep Scripture at the center of all that we do and talk about, so
0: let's get into this week's episode. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Bringing It Back. I'm Jonah Hey, I'm Micah. Do we even introduce ourselves anymore? I don't know. I don't think we have the past several times. Sure. I think our listeners just know our voices, you know, just from listening to all of our other episodes, which if you haven't, they they'll are, do it. They are there. Yeah. They are there. We're not very good at uh, promoting <laughs>
1: our other podcasts or... Anything like that. So, you know, if you've listened, it's probably only because you're subscribed to our podcast yeah. and you got a notification. So thanks for doing that. We Drop a like. Do, you can't like the podcast, <laughs> I don't think. No, but we, we genuinely do appreciate you guys listening. Obviously, if we cared more about the views, we'd probably do more to get it out there. But we yep. believe in the Bible, so... Thanks for that. No doubt, I was off script. Not that we <laughs> have a script. I was gonna ask you. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just asked Jonah about High School Musical right before we started, and I was gonna ask you if you thought that Troy and Gabriella made it work after high school, after the third one. But you haven't seen that. So Troy now, is Zac Efron. Yes. Who's Gabriella? Vanessa Hudgens. What's your favorite musical?
0: That's a better question. Um, my favorite musical. Historically, I have said that it's uh, West Side Story, like a classic, classic musical. I haven't seen the new one, though. The I haven't one. seen either. I've but... heard it's really good. But uh, I recently watched one. I say recently. It was maybe like five or six years ago. It's called Once. So good. What is it? It's just kind of this, this like indie kind of um, like an Irish, I think it's set in Ireland. And... It's this like musician who's just trying to make it big, and it's kind of like a love story almost, but it it really is just about this like relationship so that's it's like developing. Artsy and feely. It's like yeah. a good quality oh, yeah. musical. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not like a like a show tune musical at all. Those are my favorite. <laughs> I was gonna say "Mamma Mia" too. <laughs> I haven't seen either of the Mamma Mia's. We're watching it tonight right now, <laughs> after we
1: get off of this. Oh, the
0: second one's so good.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: that's that. All right, you know
1: what, music-wise, what I am mad about, and I told you this the other day, but I think it needs to be put on the internet because it's ridiculous. Yeah. I told you I wanted to go see Morgan Wallen in concert because yeah, he's yeah. in Oklahoma City. Right. I don't understand how a concert ticket can be over $250. Like Most of them are over $300 per ticket.
0: That's Insane. And then
1: I'm wondering, who's in the rest of the arena? How much money do they have to spend
0: $600 on tickets? Yeah. That's incredible to me. I can't even begin to comprehend $600 <laughs> for two tickets. <laughs> just in general. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so if you got two extra Morgan Wallen tickets, or just one, and you want to take
0: me, I'd love to go. Two, and take me. <laughs> you
1: don't listen to Morgan Wallen. But
0: just for the experience. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: That's it then. Cool. Nice. Well, uh, I
0: guess what are we talking about today? I've given up. on trying to make like <laughs> cute little... I was trying to think of one while you were talking. Well, if we don't get to go to the concert, um, we can just release that desire into the hands of God, you know?
1: <laughs> I don't know. That was a stretch. Yeah, that was soft. So, I mean, but you know what I'm going to think about it? Is they see the title when they click on the podcast, so they so, already know, really, like they already know they're that like these guys are idiots. They already know we're talking about control today. Yeah, So yeah, we're talking about control issues, which I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have as well, which is why we're talking about them. So, I don't know, get us started. What have you been thinking about since we decided on this yesterday? Um,
0: well, when you first brought it up, I was like, "Frick, man! I have just i." I've never thought of myself as like a quote unquote control freak, as they say. Sure. But looking back through my life, I'm I I get pretty triggered when things don't go my way, or things, um, when I have specific expectations of how my day is going to go, or how a certain situation is going to go, or a conversation, and it doesn't go that way. Right. That like kind of makes me anxious. Sure. When I say kind of, I mean it. it it does <laughs> it very much. Yeah. It's and so that, that was my first thought. I was just like, oh man, I need this just as much as anyone else. Um and so the first thing that kind of came to mind just through my journey in dealing with, you know, letting go of control is just the sovereignty of God. Sure. And that He is in control. And um one verse that always kind of helps me recenter on that. It's one of my favorite verses. It's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, and I'm just paraphrasing a little bit here because it's kind of a long section of text, um, but it's talking about Jesus, and he's saying Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and all things were created by him and for him and through him. He's the beginning and end of all things. And it just kind of goes on to talk about how like Jesus is everything and everything revolves around him. And the reason that's comforting to me, is just to realize that man, my life really should be about something that's just so much bigger than I can even comprehend. Yeah, Like it's about Jesus and everything is for Jesus. Everything was created by Jesus and through Jesus. And he's the center of all things and he's in control of all things. And, for me to get upset about just a random thing happening in my day that I wasn't expecting, it just kind of puts it in a broader perspective that it just kind of helps me think like, okay, God is in control. This is really not a big issue for me. You yeah. know, God is in control and I'm submitting my life to Him. And so, you know, He can use this for good, you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, that's real. I've realized the last few days um, probably... I guess more of a practical sense of what control can look like for me because I've known for a while that like I just have a control issue thing yeah. and the big things in life. Um, but even down to when I was thinking about like me and my personality, like I tend to be more introverted unless I feel like I'm in control of the situation hmm. and then I feel like I'm extroverted because
0: man, yeah. I'm the
1: one who's hosting and facilitating. I've realized, man, like I love hosting and having people over to the house, which I don't think is bad but i think maybe some of the reason for it is because i'm able to dictate like what's the tone of the house like what are we doing what's conversation looking like Dang. whereas if i go to a different situation where i'm new i don't know very many people i realize i don't i don't like that at all and i thought for a long time it was just because i was just tended to, it just takes me longer to warm up to people yeah. just because i think that's kind of me and how i operate but I was thinking the other day, and I was like, hmm, maybe that's because it's, I don't feel
0: like I'm in control of that mm. situation, and that's why I don't like it. Man, you just helped put words to – I because I, I have thought a very similar thought um, to where I would think, like, if I'm at camp or I'm in a situation where I feel really safe and comfortable, right. I'm kind of a crazy person. And I, I feel really extroverted and outgoing yeah. and loud and boisterous. And but if if I'm like going to a party where I know one person and they're the one person who invited me, but they know everyone else there, so they're like hanging yeah. out with their friends, and I'm over there just like yeah, uh, like my personality almost feels like it completely changes. Yeah. and that kind of helps connect me with with what you were saying that that is probably just a root of of feeling anxious because I'm out of control. Like which is to say I don't have any sure. control in that sure. kind of situation.
1: and I, I mean I was going to think this was something we we're going to build up to, but really. Like when you look at that, it's kind of just pride, right? Yeah, when it comes down to people pleasing, is what it is. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Cause I was even thinking about the other day how I have a tendency to really get in like the rhythms of things. I'm just a very I don't know rhythms of life person. So like I go to Chick Fil A every Monday at lunch. It's just my thing. I don't know what do. <laughs> But even when I think about like where I want to go and spend my time. I love the coffee shop, the collaborative, because I know the baristas because I've been there so much. So I walk in and I feel like I can be kind of in control of the environment because I know the baristas. I know a lot of the other people that are going to be there. So I like it because it feels like something that I still get to have like a comfortable space in. Right. But if I go somewhere else where I don't know the baristas or I don't know the demographic that's going to be there, I don't like it and I don't feel like I'm me, which is really interesting when we're talking about this whole idea of control and even practically. So yeah. It's interesting. You know what else I was thinking about today on the way home, actually, hmm. is I think people like <clears throat> social media so much because they're able to control what they're putting out, like what their persona is. Yeah. Obviously, you can't you know, control how it's perceived, but you're able to put forward what you want people to see. Yeah. And I think maybe without even realizing it, that's why a lot of people like social media so much, because they're able to be like, all right. This is what I want you to see of me, and I don't want you to see this of me. Oh,
0: absolutely, because it is the ultimate control tool where you can see, okay, this is what gets likes, so I'm going to make myself look like this. Sure. And then I get that little, and it is that pride. that Oh, I get that rush, and it's like, okay, everyone likes to be liked, Mm -hmm. but when you're centering your whole inner peace and your identity around this idea of, honestly, a version of you that is not the whole picture. Sure. And maybe even a filtered picture. Yeah, most. Then, sure. it it's probably a safe bet. I remember. Uh, it's probably a safe bet. Let me finish that thought. It's probably a safe bet that you are very, just uncomfortable with yourself. Sure. And that is really scary because that requires some humility to actually accept, right. and also just the humility of recognizing like. Oh, I'm not perfect. I'm a broken person, and I need Jesus just as much as everyone else. Everyone on social media, everyone in poverty, in third world countries, everyone anywhere. I am just as much in need of Jesus. And honestly, if that thought in itself doesn't help you just release a little bit of control in the moment right now, then... Like, I don't know what to tell you. Because just saying that out loud just helps me be like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, all right. Sure. We all need Jesus. We're all we're all on the same yeah. page here. And let
1: me even throw this at you because I'm just not thinking of this. Even when I think about dating apps. Yeah. Like dating apps are probably so, I mean, you know how I feel about dating apps. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. That's, uh, Same. I think it, yeah. <laughs> I. But is that maybe something where it's like you can control, one, what people are seeing, what your first impression is, and then your conversation is over text where it's really easy to control yeah. what conversation is like. Where if you're having like a conversation face-to-face with somebody, you can't really dictate how that's going to go because you're in the moment. You can't sit and plan your response right. out. And you can't, you know, formulate it how you want and then send it. You just yep. have to be there and be present. And yep. I wonder, and I hate texting. I, if any, anybody who really knows me knows that, um, so I, love I wonder it. if. No, you don't. I love texting. Do you really? I love it. I hate texting. I think it's so hard to like. I'd take texting like, over a phone call. Are you actually being serious? Absolutely. That blows my mind because I don't get that at all. (laughs) Like if I'm
0: texting somebody, I will just call them and be like, why would I sit here and text you when I can just have a conversation? I have had people call me, and I've probably had you call me before, and I just don't answer because in my mind I'm thinking they could probably text me whatever they're calling me about right now. But it's so much more efficient (laughs) and meaningful to do it over the... All right, whatever. That's so funny.
1: Yeah, but I think obviously what we want to talk more about can kind of tend to be like the big things in life. Like those are the hardest things to take control of, which is funny because we're really not designed to take control. Yeah. Like we try to take control, but control isn't ours to take, which is kind of the whole theme of Scripture. Um, and there's a few different kind of little passages that I thought were um, really cool to look at as I was thinking about this today. Um, one of them is Mark 13. Um right. I'll just read it. It's 32 for 36, um, and it's right when Jesus is about to... He basically knows that his crucifixion is coming, so he's going to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, So it says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus says to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. All right, so uh, I just think it's cool that Jesus is in the flesh, deeply distressed and troubled, and that's something that Jesus feels. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And then he said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba Father, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And that is just such an interesting few verses Mm -hmm. to me. I just think there's so many cool things to note. One, that Jesus is having to rely on the on the Holy Spirit on on the Lord yeah. to get him through something and he's asking something that he knows needs to happen but he still doesn't want to do it yeah obviously he ends up doing it of the love that he has for us um, but even then the way that he addresses the Lord he says like if this is possible take this cup from me don't make me suffer this but then he wraps it up again and it's like yet yeah, but not what I will but what you will. Yeah. And I just think about how I've addressed the Lord and my desires and my things that I want to control sometimes. And it very rarely has been, yet not what I will, but what you will. Or I've yeah. said that, but I know that like, I kind of yeah. am just saying it I'm to try do to talk what myself into <laughs> yeah. it. Like I really know what I want. And I just think that's such a cool picture that one, it's Jesus is the one who's having to do it, who should be our utmost example in everything. Um, but even him in his in his flesh, is having to rely on the Lord for that, yeah, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's so cool that, I mean, it honestly, every topic we talk about, I always think about Proverbs 3, 5, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will straighten your paths. And it's cool when we bring it back to Jesus, bringing it back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And because... I, I think to myself, like, man, all these verses that I feel like I need to rely on to help me, you know, give things to the Lord or release a bit of control. Jesus, you know, he's thinking of these scriptures. Sure. And he, he's had these drilled into him his whole life in the Torah and having all of these examples in scripture of the importance of giving God control, releasing your control to God. Um, and then seeing an example from his life where he's actively having to do that. Um, It's just so, I mean, it sounds cheesy to say that Jesus is inspiring, but it is so inspiring to see Jesus go through something so difficult and still rely on the Word and rely on God to help lift that burden off of him. And I think it's important to understand, too, that we use this terminology like, oh, I'm giving up control and I'm, Lord, I'm, I'm giving you my, my control or, you know, whatever it is. When really in the grand scheme of things, God is in control. And right. he's already like your control that you have in your life, it, like your free will really is pretty insignificant in the grand sure. scheme of the kingdom of God. And but I think for us, it's a really big deal. Right to lay down that free will at His feet, and that to me, I've always said that that's that's my favorite gift to give God is my free will because I feel like that's something He's given me is free will, and to lay that down at His feet and say, you know what, I'm just gonna give that right back to You, and You get to dictate my life every sure. step of the way. Like I'm I'm giving You control, even though in my mind I already know. He has control, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's still, I still have to like submit myself. Yeah. You're yeah. going to have all the reformed people knocking down our, <laughs> <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> um, but yeah. So just to bring that back to scripture, Job twelve ten says in his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. And again, that's just to reiterate the point that, that God, like everything at the end of the day is in his hands And so for us to kind of release our grip on the little bit of control we have in our life and just give it to him, I feel like shows a lot of humility and maturity.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, where does control even come from? Like control at its root is really just us refusing to submit ourselves. We're unwilling to trust um, the Lord's plan for our life and his timing. So really, I think the bigger thing is just like, you know, obviously you have your wants and desires. But why don't you trust that the Lord has your best interest at heart?
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, Romans eight twenty eight. For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. And then Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Yeah. And if that's not something that you feel like you can rely on as the Word of God, then that probably stems to a bigger issue of pride yeah. like we've been talking about. You need to get with the Lord and start asking, yourself, start asking yourself the question of, why don't I believe what's in the Word? Yeah. Because the Word is very clear, that God is orchestrating things for your ultimate good. So it just comes down to you releasing your control and trusting that He is who He says He is.
1: Yeah. John Piper always says, uh, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. Hmm. I think part of being satisfied with the Lord looks like just being okay with what He has for you. Yeah. You're walking through life, you know, not tightly gripped around anything, just holding holding everything that you have loosely. And just being so enamored by like the character of who God is and being so wrapped up in His grace and how you can share that with other people. That, mean, the big things come and go. But it's not even at that point really like a conscious decision that you're having to make where you're fighting back and forth where it's like oh I gotta relinquish control because you're so wrapped up in like the goodness of God that that's really oh, not yeah. even in your radar at all and yeah. I say that as someone who's not there like I yeah like control is such a big thing for me like that's why I'm bad at breakups yeah. because it's out of my control and it takes me longer than it should to get over things yeah. which is real and like I'm working through that with the Lord and with the people in my life but I just think there's something about being satisfied and content with the Lord. Yeah. That gets lost a lot of times.
0: But I think we've we've both experienced times in our life where we've been in a situation where we've felt really uncomfortable and out of our element and like we don't have any control and just that feeling of anxiety. Um but I feel like we've both been in situations where because of our relationship with the Lord in that particular season, maybe we're just we've been very intimate and intentional in that relationship and it's just it's not that those situations don't come up anymore, but our reaction to them I feel like changes. I, like I know for me, I've definitely had like on far ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum where there've been some situations where I just get completely triggered and uncomfortable and I shut down and I go lock myself in my room and I isolate myself, you know, whatever. Sure. Because if I'm by myself, I can kind of control right. my environment. I can play video games. I can, you know, get on my computer and just surf the internet for whatever was going to fill that sure. little bit of, you know, anxiety in yeah, me. No one's going to challenge you at all either. Right. But I've definitely also been on the other end of the spectrum, which is so much more healthy and attractive when... Your first reaction, like imagine a scenario where your first reaction when something doesn't go your way and it's really uncomfortable and painful, is just to run to God, sure. and just to be with Him, and just to experience that peace. I mean, that's definitely something that I feel like <clears throat> you need to, like you need to have those experiences to to grow in this. Sure. You know, you need to. Like if you're in a situation right now where you're just feeling like things are not going your way and you have little to no control in your life and it's just making you so anxious or depressed or whatever it is, then I would just encourage you to take a moment and go to the Lord and just try to just let those things into his hands and trust that he is working it together for your
1: good. Well, I think it's even a great litmus test for what is an idol in your life is what is the hardest things for you to let go of. Yeah. Uh, And even I think that can be really telling because it's hard to let go of the things where our feelings are really wrapped up in it. Or like when the situation is just like, I don't know, like when it's really pulling on your heart or whatever it is, it's a lot harder to put things in perspective. And there's a great quote that I read today, and I don't know who it is, so I apologize to whoever this great (laughs) theologian is. Uh, But he or she it could be a... Is this sick. your quote? And you're No, just making it sound I, no like... I would have just said it. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I would, would have... It sounds been, cooler this way, though. Um, no, it, he said, When we grow impatient, we overestimate our own ability to judge our circumstances, and we underestimate the good God can do through unwanted inconveniences and unexpected delays. The humble receive the same inconveniences and delays as callings, not distractions, as God revealing his will and timing to them. Hmm. That's really good, huh? Yeah. Can I read it? I'm going to read it one more time yeah, just because I it. think it's there's a lot there and you got to really hear it twice. When we grow impatient, we overestimate our own ability to judge our circumstances and we underestimate the good God can do through unwanted inconveniences and unexpected delays. The humble receive the same inconveniences and delays as callings, not distractions, as God revealing his will and timing to them.
0: Yeah. What just...
1: Does that not just sound like the best perspective to have? Wouldn't yeah. life
0: just be so much easier that way? Yeah, it's crazy cuz it just the emphasis on hey, we're all getting dished the same stuff here in life. But the humble are the ones who are allowing God to work through that to help fulfill their purpose in life, you know? Yeah. Like if you can go through life experiencing these hardships and these things that are coming up that are not in your control and that are painful and I mean these things are promised to us so I would never expect to go through life without experiencing that kind of that kind of discomfort and pain but the difference like you said is just that perspective that perspective of God can use this and it's not my job to get through it like I'm in it so God where are you in this and how do you want me to respond? Yeah. The goal's never been to like get
1: on the other side of your struggles. The goal's yeah. always been to pursue the Lord and glorify him and whatever that is. Yeah. I don't like the looking at your life as like checkpoints where it's like, oh, I just
0: gotta get through this. Right and then I'll be good with it. Because that work. almost implies there's this end goal of like, I made it. Yeah. There's, like there's nothing else I have to do. Like now. retirement. Like that's what yeah. retirement is for so many people. Right. What
1: a depressing way to live, isn't it? Right. Like yeah. you work really hard for the majority of your life to enjoy a really small time of your life on earth, and then you die, and like then what? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to yeah. me. But there's another, Paul talks a little bit about some good stuff in Second Corinthians, which I think is good. Uh, so I'll read from that. He's talking about the thorn in his side, as you know, which I think is a really great little passage. He says, Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. Kind of a hard line, isn't it? If I were bragging, I would be validated because (laughs) I'm that guy. I'm him. Um, But I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, pretty much, Paul's like, I have this. I don't want it here. I would like to control that and make it go away. And I pleaded with the Lord for that. But there's obviously a reason that it's there so he's like you know what i desire for this to be gone but it's obvious that that's not going to happen so i've identified with the lord why that is and i'm allowing him to make much of himself through me in that yeah what a like there's just so many little things in life that i think if we approached it like that and like we asked the lord and he's like i'm not gonna you know just solve that issue for you right away and you just allowed him to work in you through that yeah and make much of himself and even just give you a greater revelation of what it looks like to be a part of his, his mysterious plan that he has for you just sounds like such a better way to live than being so wrapped up in the things that
0: I want. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that passage always gets me because I'm just thinking about how, like after Jesus died and was resurrected in my mind, and I feel like in the mind of a lot of the church, Paul is like, the guy, you know, he's like arguably the person who is most like aligned with the will of God as he's spreading the gospel through the nations. And even he is in a situation where there is this, you know, thorn in his flesh, whatever that is in reality, that is causing him a lot of discomfort. And it's crazy to me that God could easily just be like, oh, I'll fix that. Like, I'll take that away. You're doing my work, so I'll make sure that you have no obstacles in your path. But he doesn't do that. Like, he allows these things into our lives. I'm not saying he brings these things upon us, so don't hear that. Um, sometimes. I sometimes I think he does. But I know that is a tricky yeah, a tricky to thing to navigate. navigate. Yeah. That might be a separate podcast. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, I the fact that he allows this thorn into Paul's life, that in itself to me just shows that God's ways are so much higher than ours. And to go through your life anytime you go through something uncomfortable or maybe someone important to you dies or you don't get into the school you wanted to get into or your life is falling apart, your parents get divorced, someone has cancer, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like there's always going to be something. And it's so easy. And you see it all the time. People are like, Oh, well, if God was real, how could He? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Anytime I hear that, I'm just immediately like, you don't understand the nature of God. Mm -hmm. Because for Him to work everything together for our good, He has to prepare us for our purpose in His kingdom. And we can never be prepared just going through an easy life. Yeah. Like, we just can't. You can't. It's that whole thing about, like, you can't grow without becoming uncomfortable at some point. Like, you need to experience. You know, iron sharpens iron. You need to experience the friction and you need to experience the heat and the pressure of the furnace (laughs) to produce you into something that God can use. And to go through life thinking, oh gosh, like this is just another thing I have to deal with. Again, that just, that shows pride and immaturity and it just shows this unwillingness to to broaden your perspective, to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and actually grow you and mold you in those situations. And I'll be the first to say, oftentimes, that is my first reaction, is to get really frustrated and clam up and try to take control of the yeah. situation.
1: Like, I don't know. I just when I, The more I think about it, I'm just like, oh, that's so prideful of me. Yeah. So many times I've come to the Lord in prayer, and essentially what i said is just like, Hey, Lord. This is where I'm at, and I think I know better than you. So would you make that happen? Yeah. Which, like, I would never say that. I don't even know if I'm consciously thinking that. Yeah. But, it, like, in the rearview mirror, that's pretty much what I've said, which is just doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you say it out loud. Yeah. I also think it's just important to note, like, even if there is these things where you've, like, given them up, or you say you've given them up, like, do your actions say that, like, if someone were to look at you in that situation in the way that you are just proceeding throughout how you're handling that. Would they be able to be like, yeah, he's past that. Yeah. Or would they be like, oh, he's obviously not over that because his actions don't show that. Yeah. You know, I just love Mason making the maximum amount of noise possible (laughs) the second we do a podcast. Just blasting the blender in there. Oh my gosh. Whatever cool or is that just the sink that's just the sink that's ridiculous. our sink makes noise <laughs> it's so loud yeah it's probably an easy <gasps> fix the, the fact it, that i thought it was a blender going <laughs> on <laughs> yeah if you can fix a sink would you please shoot me a text and i'll pay you however much money i need to to get over here and fix our sink that's awesome yeah uh any any last thoughts before we wrap up at all
0: uh, no, I would just end up rambling for a while. Yeah. So I've said what I need to say, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope you guys, I think a lot of people probably relate to the control thing. I think it's an easy thing. So, yeah. you know, maybe just evaluate yourself a little bit after and be like, oh, okay, what is it that I'm trying to control? Yeah. Um, there's a good chance that that's something that I shouldn't be trying to control.
0: Yeah. So, uh, any song recommendations for we bounce out? Song Rex, um, Nope, nothing's coming to mind. Nothing? I I mean, I don't want to sit here for five minutes and try to think something. All I can think about is Morgan Wallen, but I'm going to go and strike because his tickets are so expensive.
1: So you know what? Forget about it. Don't (laughs) listen to Morgan Wallen anymore. All right. uh, Thanks, guys. Yeah, no doubt. See you soon.